1: Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.
2: It's time to tee it up. This is Smoke and Joe's Driving Range, presented by PGA Tour Superstore. Here are your hosts, Smoke and Joe Pogi and Mulligan Matt Musil on Houston's Sports Leader, Sports Radio 610. Uh-huh morning, Houston. Rock and roll is here to stay, and we're here, we're there, we're everywhere, thanks to the World Wide Web, and special, special, special Merry Christmas to all. I'm Smoking Joe. I'm Mulligan
1: Man. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> I'm Bobby Beats.
2: <laughs> Bobby Beats, the producer with all the talent, let me tell you. Anyway, it's Christmas week. Hey, boy, you know what? What's really going to be fun is in two weeks... I'm going to be able to kick the ass of 2020 out the door and tell it to get out of here. And I don't think I'm the only one that is saying that.
3: That's true. I wouldn't say that all our problems are going to be behind us. So when the calendar flips,
2: no, but it's a new year and it's, a, it's, it's, you already have your cards dealt. So you know what you got. So you can go out and you can play them. Okay. You know, and the vaccine is here. Mm-hmm. That is, by the way, folks, the vaccine is a preventive. It is not a cure. A lot of people, I think, have a misunderstanding about that. But it's, it's, But uh, well, anyway, but it, everything's good. By the way, you some people fight. are
3: not de- are determined not to take it. That's the. That's what concerns me. I mean, this is like, hey, why do we not have polio running rampant in our society because everybody is vaccinated right after right. they're born? You know, exactly. there's a reason that people take these it's not as if polio uh virus went away it's that everyone in the world gets vaccinated so everyone needs to be mindful of that they're saying well i could do this i could do that i'll wait to the next you know maybe this maybe this vaccine isn't as good as maybe some later version. Just take it just take it let's see. it'll be two steps apparently just take it let's get going
2: Yep, yep. Uh, oh, by the way, if you box, I guess. ever want to find out more about the Smokin' Joe's Driving Range, you can always find us at www.smokinjoesdrivingrange.com, yeah. and that's Smokin' without a G. Yeah, so, uh, without find G. it. G. Uh, let's talk a little bit of golf. Uh, okay. Interesting tournament this weekend. It is the PNC Championship over in Florida, and this is the one that started many, many years ago, and it started off as a father-son.
3: Yep.
2: Now, it has changed because now it's father-daughter – daughter, dad, all these type of things. Uh, But the interesting thing is that this year they have one of the youngest contestants of all time, and that is Charlie Woods, 11 Mm. years old. And I heard an interesting question the other day on Sirius PGA Tour. If you're in Vegas, can you put money down on Charlie? Mm. Well, yeah, probably. I don't think so. I think he's a minor. I think you have to put money down on his dad. I believe. Hmm. I'm not sure.
3: I don't bet, so I don't know. Uh, How's it going so far?
2: Uh, I, th- you know, I haven't seen any results. I, I have not followed later, it no. uh, today. So uh, it's going to be interesting. I'd love to see the Woods matched up with the Dailies. Big John, uh, Little John. Uh, <laughs> I think would be. A lot of- There's a lot of good families over there. The uh, Trevino's playing it regularly. L- Langer plays in it regularly. Um, mm-hmm. Davis Love and his son playing it on a regular basis. So it's a, it's a good tournament. So that's going on this weekend. Uh, how about a golf clap for the people up at Champions? Hey, Unbelievably up. great tournament. I've to thrown some uh, tough weather, but I thought they did really good.
3: I would give standing ovation, not just a polite golf clap. There you uh, go. They, did it. they were outstanding. The job that they did up there. Of course, uh, Jackie and Robin lead the band. Brett Nutt, the head pro up there, but superintendent everybody up there what they did in the weather conditions and you could see it Joe if you hit a putt, it would hold its line there were those putts were true, and that what i what I really liked is it was it was basically a um uh, how would I say this uh, uh, it was in it was like a tribute to Jackie himself. He was known as a great putter, right? And man, the winner Kim made some great putts down the stretch to win that thing. And I just thought the way those greens rolled. I mean, have you seen so many hole in ones in a tournament like that? It was uh, it was fantastic. The conditions through all the weather. Uh, I just I just thought they did a fantastic job. I would say standing ovation. Uh, For the Burks and ever won a Champions,
2: It was a great tournament. The winner birdies the last three holes. (laughs) I mean, phenomenal. And if you've ever played champions, the last three holes are not the three (laughs) easiest holes on the golf course. Uh, Also, you know, I want to give a standing ovation to a young lady that really showed her merit this uh, past week. And that was Amy Olson. This young lady comes in. She's so competitive. She plays in, Saturday night, she gets the call none of us ever want. Her father-in-law had tragically passed away. She stayed. She had to do a, a rainout on Sunday. She had to come out in her long underwear on Monday. And she held it together. I think she finished either second or third. And, um, and uh, cats off to her. I think you're going to see her name quite a bit because I think she had a lot of maturity on a very tough golf course in a very tough tournament.
3: Yeah. I thought she was going to win it there, uh, for the longest time on Monday. Um, others were melting away, but, uh, yeah, just, that was, um, it was tough to see, but also it was, uh, amazing to watch, uh, Amy handled everything And how about, uh, how about Stacey Lewis? She, uh, was the host basically. <laughs> she was the unofficial host of the event. She hung in there until, uh, the weekend. Um, I don't know ex- what all happened to her. I know she had some wayward shots along the way, but, uh, thanks to Stacy, she was just such an ambassador. She was not at the top of her game. Uh, but she was a great ambassador for the city of Houston, for the golf scene here in the Houston area and hosting. She'd always talk about love having the girls in town. <laughs> you know, she, she loved being the host. And I just thought that's fantastic. That's, uh, that's what we want to see from our athletes. Uh, we want to, you know, it was Houston was on display and it uh, showed so well, thanks to the folks at Champions and thanks for Stacy for being part of hosting uh, the other women. I, I tell you what's disheartening, Joe. Did you happen to see uh, the Baltimore Cleveland game Monday oh, night? Oh,
2: what a game. That's probably one of the best games, not this season, but in many seasons.
3: That's modern day football. That's modern oh. day football.
2: And did Baker Mayfield answer the question, is he an NFL quarterback? Yes. yes, No doubt about it. And did Lamar Jackson say, I've got legs?
3: (laughs) Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, uh, hey, hey, here's the thing. Uh, Side note on that, John Dorsey, he's no longer the GM of the Browns, but he was the one that largely built that franchise, and he's available to be a general manager. I know he's one of the candidates that will be interviewed. But uh,
2: that's a big decision. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they got a
3: lot of work to do. I mean, between them, the Rockets, and what's going to happen to the Astros, there's a lot of drama on the Houston sports scene.
2: Yep. But there's no drama out at U of H. Number six in the latest poll in basketball. Yes. But we're running late. As long as they get
3: through all the COVID things, Joe, that's the only thing that slowed them down.
2: Well, they, they, they're actually going to tip off tomorrow. They picked up a game with Alcorn State to kind of yep. get the rust off and then, then the good, go into the season. We've got a great show for you today. We All mentioned right. Julia Pine from the USGA is going to join us. Give us a you recap bet. of the US Open. We're going to introduce you to one of our great new teaching pros here in Houston. swinging Sammy Haston is going to join us. But more importantly, we're going to get the man that has an opinion and a great opinion. Steve Elkerton is going to join us today. Get oh him, yeah. Get his thoughts on the how the champions did and Jackie Burke and everything. I'm Smoking Joe. I'm Mulligan Matt. I'm Bobby Beats. Bobby Beats, the man on the mic. There he is. And this is Smoking Joe's driving race right here on CBS Sports Radio six fifty. Welcome back to so Joe's Driving Range right here on CBS Sports Radio 650. This next gentleman is a cougar diehard. He's a great golfer. He's a great individual. And I love having him on the air because he brings a lot of humor to the show. Please welcome PGA champion Steve Elkington. Good morning, sir.
4: Hey, y'all. Good morning. Hey, gentlemen. How are y'all? Doing great. Doing They're great.
2: Fantastic. Uh, being a member of Champions Tell us your thoughts about the past week with the US Open. How did the course do? How, how did you saw Jackie and Robin? Did they did they enjoy the moment? I mean, it was kind of a an honor to them, I believe. I think it really showcased the quality of golf ambassadors that they are. So, what did the what did the members what did you think from being on the inside of it?
4: It was <clears throat> it was a great week for me. I volunteered for the tournament. I was there the week before the open, you know, working with the USGA, you know, helping them, you know, look out for where all the pins should be. It was really my first time that I, um, got to, you know, stand there and watch the girls play for seven or eight days straight. And, you know, I came away with now a new handful of girls that I just will watch every day, you know, when they're playing. I mean, there's so much talent there. Um, It's a little different speed than the men's, but the consistency and the way they reproduce their swings is fantastic. It was a great storyline, Jackie and Robin. Of course, you know, they're very proud to have that event there. And I think everything went pretty well. I mean, all things considered, it was a Monday finish, but champion birdie the last three holes, that'll never be forgotten.
2: Oh, the last three holes are not easy holes either.
4: No, I mean, she hit it like this in 16. I was out following Amy Olson, who was – a friend of mine, uh, Kath- Catherine Kirk, who's an Australian, I followed her for the first two days, Catherine Kirk, and she called me and said, Elk, I want you out there on Sunday following my friend, Amy Olsen, because she's had a problem with her family, <clears throat> and now she- all the Japanese media are out there with uh, Subano and I want you pulling for her. So it was a very emotional day for Amy Olsen, but wow, what a player she is.
2: Oh, I think that past weekend she showed true, got to have the tragic... Uh, to her father-in-law to hold it together to sit there and play and sit down in a clubhouse through a rain delay and have the day canceled, have to come out on Monday and she was in it to the last hole I mean, she, I'll tell you she's a girl to watch and you know, I watched that tournament probably, I watched more ladies golf last week than I have in a lot of years Mm -hmm. and the one thing I walked away from that is I can relate to the female golfers more than I can to the PGA Tour because they're length and everything that they do yeah. relates to the guys I play golf with. You know, yeah. I can't relate to what Dustin Johnson does. I mean, I, I, hey, I, I, can't, eat, I can't either. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you know, I was thinking the same thing. They said, well, she has 165 to the pin. She'll go six iron. I'm like, yeah, okay, I can relate to that. Hey, Elk, you said you had five or six that you want to follow from now on whenever they play who are those who are those handful of women that impressed you so much
4: i saw a ton of girls erin <clears throat> um, Aaron, Aaron peterson not erin it's not erin erica peterson from europe she's won five times on the european tour this year the last three events straight she missed the cut this week or last week but she's one to follow um the jatana the Jutanagon sisters, Maria and Ariel, those two played with Stacy Lewis on Saturday. I followed Stacy the whole day with Jared Chadwell, the coach of our ladies team at U of H. Um, <clears throat> I didn't realize how powerful Ariel Jutanagon is. I mean, she only hits a three-wood. She doesn't hit a driver at all off the tee. And she hits it about, because they were hitting a couple of tees, the men did. So all of us were scrambling up there to see how far she actually hit a three-wood <laughs> off the tee. She flies a three-wood about 265 off the tee. Her little sister, Moria, she played in the final group. She's she's unreal. Um, Amy Olsen, as I said, was another one I'm watching out for. Mm-hmm. Um, the leader, uh, the leader all week, Subino. Good she man. is so charismatic. Um, plays a lot different swing than no, uh, typical Japanese golfers. She has a wide stance with a low hands, and she can chip the ball like crazy. But her, her demeanor, she's a superstar in Japan. She won... Mm-hmm four times and the British open last year. So I've got a handful of girls now that I'm really sort of like, these girls are cool and I'm going to watch them.
3: Yeah, I agree. I agree. It was was
2: a, uh, great. uh, It was a great PR move for the city of Houston and for champions. And I'm hoping the USGA took a good look at that golf course. and brings back more USGA events to Houston because I think we deserve it. Uh, you know, it used to be, they said it was too hot. Well, that's, that's out of the question anymore, but, uh, been a crazy year, Steve, how have you dealt with it? What have, what's, what's your 2020 been like? It's been okay.
4: I mean, my son, Sam got out of U of H. He's now working. So my daughter's working. She's a high school teacher. So, um, I told my wife, I said, we used to get up at six in the morning to get them off to school and to get them off to high school. Now we get up at six o'clock in the morning to get them off to work. It's the only time (laughs) we see them. Um, you know, it's, it is what it is. I think we're fortunate in a certain sense that Texas has been pretty much still able to move around and kind of do what we normally do <clears throat> compared to a lot of my friends that I taught to in California or New York. So, uh, by the way, my whole family got COVID. My daughter got it from school and she gave it to her mother. I got it. Sam got it. So we all went through it. Fortunately for us, um, you know, everything, everything turned out. Okay. had some fever, had some pains and so on, but, um, it wasn't as scary, um, as maybe the media makes it out to be for us Good. at least.
2: Uh, you've gotten very involved with, uh, the web. You have your own website. You have a lot of pros that are giving lessons and instructions. And How's all your extracurricular activities going?
4: Secretgolf.com is great. We have 33 contributors, you know, tour players that contribute content to our platform. Um, it's good you know it's 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 tough because you can't get out on the tour to film them you can't you know there's no access right now so you know <clears throat> the tour has done a good job of getting the guys out there but I keep telling my friends like Pat Perez and Jason Duffner that I said mate if if you don't get any fans back eventually you're gonna be playing for 500,000 instead of 10 million <laughs> you know they I remember Jim Crane uh, telling me that he lost a ton of money at the Houston Open this year and he was the only tournament that had a few fans and I see a, a memo from the tour that they're not going to have fans on the west coast, or very little.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I think when we get to the end of January, and we see if there's any spike from the holidays with this uh, this pandemic, um, and then and the vaccine coming out. I think I think that hopefully February first the rocket ship will get geared up and be fired off and people will start getting back into the norm. And I think, uh, I think Dr. Fusi just said that he feels late summer, early fall is when we'll probably start seeing normalcy, which is one I thing that's so. good yep. because one of the things that's really sucked about this whole thing, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. All of a sudden we're right. finally starting to see a candle down there. There's some kind of light that you can say, I see something. I see the way we're going. So, you know, that's one of the things that's been most aggravating to me, but uh, fortunately with my, my team over at our, our offices, uh, the stay-at-home has worked. We've all been healthy. We haven't had any scares or anything, so knock on wood, but boy, do I miss my U of H football. I miss going to Hoffines. I miss, I miss all that camaraderie and excitement, and uh, but hopefully that will get back to us here pretty soon, and we'll start doing that. Uh, how's your golf game? My golf game's
4: pretty good. I had to I had to lay the clubs up for two weeks because the club was closed at Champions. I was doing some work over there. So, mate, I was so impressed with this uh, the ladies, the way they drive the ball with this ping driver. So I've got myself a brand new ping 425 driver that I can't wait. I'm leaving you guys here very soon to go over and test my new ping driver because I'm like any other person that gets a new piece of equipment. I want to test it, and I think there's
2: magic in it. Well, if you go back at the Masters... One of the golfers that I think lose right up in that description of yours, Elkington is that uh, Zach Johnson, not a yeah. big hitter, but is yeah. he always in play. And you know, he won the masters and he never, he never went to a par five and two. He went to, he played them all mm-hmm. laid up, got his birdie putt, walked away with a birdie and, and uh, great golfer, great golfer. Well, Elk, it's been great catching up with you. You're looking good. I know you get that itch to get over to the driving range and try that new ping driver. So we're going to let <laughs> you go. Hey, we want to wish you a very merry Christmas. We wish you a very happy new year. We give you total permission to kick 2020 in the ass on the door going out, uh, and have a great new year.
4: Thanks, you guys. Look forward to always seeing you. I'll see you
2: down at the, down at the stadium. You got That's it. I can't wait. I'm, so. I'm hoping to get out there.
3: Thanks, Elk. See hey, you, buddy. guys.
2: Steve Elkington. Uh, U of H guy, PGA champion, hi. great man, you, great ambassador to the game of golf, right here in Smokin' Joe's Driving Range. I'm Smokin' Joe. I'm Mulligan Matt. I'm Bobby Beats. And this is Smokin' Joe's Driving Range on CBS Sports Radio 650. Welcome back to Joe's Driving Range. I'll tell you, it never gets old talking to Steve
3: Elk. Oh, that is fantastic. Elk's such oh. a great guy from Australia
2: australia yeah yeah you know i should have asked him i wonder how often he goes back
3: oh I don't, know. I don't know i don't know how much family he still has back
2: there that's um that's a question we'll ask him in the new year we'll yeah, get to about back here uh this next gentleman i met through the wonders of facebook uh you know as i continue to, to grow our network i keep adding golfers and instructors and pros and all this and so I've got this guy and, and uh, I'm watching his videos and his comments and everything I thought well you know this is the type of guy that could come in after Elkington. He could hold his own. He's got some humor. He's got some yeah. humor, you know so please welcome the director of instruction at the Sammy Hanson School of Golf, Mr. Sammy Hanson. Good morning. Hey, Sammy. Guys thank you guys for having me. Not a problem. Not a problem. So I I got your bio here and first thing they jumped out at me you didn't, you didn't start playing golf very early. I mean, you, you were like 14, 15 years old when you started playing. Yeah.
5: Yeah. I started my, uh, my, my, uh, late pop He, uh, he had moved to Missouri for a few years while my oldest brother was going to college up at CMSU and my oldest brother picked up golf and got my pop hooked on it. And when they moved back to Crosby in Newport, uh, there in Crosby area. Uh, we were there visiting my grandparents one weekend and they asked us to go hit some range balls and I had no idea what they were talking about, but, uh, Went out to old Channel View Golf Course to hit some range balls for the first time. Played that day, and that was all she wrote for me. I was hooked.
2: That's awesome. Well, I mean, in your career, you've, you've been at some golf courses here. I, I see Cypresswood, Oakhurst, and now you're at Tour 18. So you pretty much have been up in that northeast part of town.
5: I've been, uh, besides about a five-year stretch where uh, me and uh, my old boss, uh, he was an investor and opened a golf shop down in the Clear Lake area, and uh, Russell Levine down there. We were at uh, Golf Center, which later become Performance Golf Academy I'm down there in Clear Lake. But besides that, yes, I've been pretty much at Northeast Side of Town, Houston, Kingwood, you know, Tascosa area.
2: Uh, your now your current home is Tour 18. It's been a couple of years since I've played it. How's the course doing? How is it getting a lot of play? And have you seen a resurgence in the interest of golf with the pandemic?
5: Oh, big time. You know, besides, you know, them losing all their corporate events uh, last spring, and some of them they're making back up this fall. But, I mean, they, you know, I've got a couple of the golf courses. One of my buddies is the tournament sales director at Cypresswood, and even though they lost all their events for the year, I mean, in public golf especially, there was a good four- or five-month stretch where, you know, to try to get a tee time on a day, like, a, a especially like a, a weekend, I mean, you weren't getting a tee time till three or four o'clock in the afternoon there for a while, but – uh, it's starting to slow down a little bit, but a lot of that's just holidays and weather and all that good stuff. But yeah, if the weather's good, that place is rocking.
3: And is- Sammy, here's a question I have: you, because you're outside, uh, how did it affect your teaching business? Because you can still um, give instructions, maybe uh, not as hands-on. You know, place your hands here on the on the grip, that kind of thing. How has it affected um, how you teach?
5: Um, I've got a few people, uh, you know, I, I, I don't wear a mask, um, when I'm outside cause we're not required to, but I've got a few people that are a little bit, you know, they're a little nervous They're, you know, so, so I, I, I teach them a little bit more from a distance, but you know, I'm pretty conscious when I'm kind of getting into moving people around and, and kind of getting up in their space per se, uh, you know, to, from a face to face contact standpoint, there's just certain things that you cannot get people to do unless you put your hands on them and kind of move them. I mean, you could sit there mm-hmm. for an hour trying to explain to them how to turn to get their hips to a certain position or spine to a certain position where in two seconds of just getting up there and kind of maneuvering them a little bit, but you know, I, I'm conscious of it. So it's just like everything else. I mean, with this pandemic and all the kind of the, the fear and the, the nervousness with everybody, I'm, I'm, I'm aware uh, I, I've, I've done a good job at not being paranoid about it, but to not affect my job and what I do and, I don't want people to feel like they're not getting the same type of instruction from me, but I am aware and careful.
2: What uh, When it comes to golfers, yeah. do you enjoy an individual that's just starting to learn? Do you like a golfer that's been playing for several years and is like a 15 handicap, or do you like the challenge of someone that comes to you, they're a three handicap and they want to get to scratch?
5: You, you name it. And if somebody wants my one, I've got, I've got all those players. Uh, my, my client is 84 years old and I started coaching him. He was 76. He was a 12 handicap. Now he's playing to a one. And you know, all of his Mm. buddies like, you know, what are you doing? Taking lessons? They used to even get upset with him for wanting to warm up before their rounds because they wanted to sit in the snack bar and have coffee. And I I was like, why are they getting, are you missing the tea time? He goes, no, He goes, they're just mad that I'm practicing. I'm like, well, at what age do you stop wanting to get better at something? But, uh, you know the the beginner golfer that that wants to really learn to play also kind of gets me fired up. But you know I like the competitive golfer that's got a desire that will work. Uh, the mid handicapper that wants to get better and, and will actually put some work in, or you know that single digit handicapper. Sometimes those guys can be a little bit more difficult because they've they've gotten pretty good on their own, uh, so they can be a little bit challenging. But I'm not afraid to. To, to sell whatever it is, I need them to do. And if if something they can tell me makes more sense than what I'm throwing at them, then so be it. But I, I've I've never had that happen. But uh, you know, I, I do have a lot of those single digit to almost scratch golfers that are really close, and then working towards that that you know getting to a zero or maybe even into the plus handicap range. But you know, it to me, it's all it's all a challenge. You know, I, I like to 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 pr- to prove what it is that is going to help somebody get better and. You know, if you want to get better come on
2: we' are on the phone oh, with uh, Sammy Hansen he's the, uh, the instructor at uh, the Sammy Hanson School of Golf you can find him up at 2 or 18 uh, Sammy uh, what obviously it's coming across in our conversation your passion for teaching how about your passion for playing do you play very much I,
5: I've gotten back into playing a little bit over the over the last you know seven or eight uh, there was a good There was a good stretch of about 10 years where, uh, you know, I would get out and and play every once in a while with my brothers on my day off or, you know, the occasional invite I would get uh, to play, you know, in a scramble or some type of charity event kind of thing. But, you know, I I was the victim of that, you know, when you you get off work, you kind of don't want to take your work home with you kind of thing. And so there was a lot of times where when I did get a chance to play, uh, I'm guilty of that not really – feeling like playing because sometimes it felt like it was still work a little bit because you get out there and you know i mean i love our brothers the dead and they kind of they kind of get on to me about waiting too much into the round before i give them a tip as to what they're doing wrong but you know sometimes <laughs> you get out there and you're playing in these kind of fun casual events with your buddies and you're you your you know you're giving they're they're asking you questions and you know wanting you to ask wanting you to watch their swings and so you still feel like you're working a little bit so there was a there was a good period of time where You know, I I just kind of didn't make the effort to get out and play myself like I like I should have. But I've got that spark and that fire back in me to go out there and play a little bit. And I've actually been working on my body, getting some things going on that I, I used to be able to do 20 years ago. But, you know, being sedentary a little bit and being on my feet and tight back and all that good stuff. I mean, your body just can't move the way it did once when you're a teenager. But I've been doing some stretching and try to get the mindset of maybe even competing again this next year.
3: How's the course up there at two eighteen nowadays?
5: Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. I mean, right now it's a little saturated, of course, but, um, you know, they, that's the one thing, I mean, Tour 18 has been doing a lot during the pandemic to, to put money back into the facility, which is Mm. great because the customers all noticed that, you know, they know that they're making hay, they know that they're doing really well. So, you know, they redid all the bunkers. They just finished a, a big renovation of the clubhouse, uh, they set up the driving range with uh, that top tracer technology that uh, Topgolf bought a couple of years ago. That used to be shot tracer that the, the, the yeah. PG. And so now when you're hitting range balls, you can kind of almost do the whole Topgolf experience with playing it like a game and hitting the different targets and tracking your, tracking your stats and all that good stuff. No, you
2: know, cool. I was just sort of thinking, what Tour 18 about 25 years old.
5: It's, it's closer to probably 30. I mean, it, it was, a, mm-hmm. I mean, uh I, I, probably 90 92 93 91 somewhere in that range mm, it was wow. it, it it was built pretty close to when i, I think the tradition course of cypress Cypresswood was built maybe just a little earlier than that but mm-hmm. um it's got to be close
3: yeah i think you're right about that
2: uh, i'll never i'll never forget when they opened it was like uh the talk of the city talk about the golf because oh, you know yeah. here they took 18 of the famous holes of golf and mm-hmm. re-revisioned them up there and uh if you've never played tour 18 it is really an enjoyable round of golf i mean you get to see of course you know some holes from hinders augusta pebble beach you know some people go well how can you duplicate pebble beach there's no ocean well they can't you know they yeah. not all the not, not all the holes of pebble beach are on the ocean so uh so, Sammy, uh, with your career in teaching golf and everything, who do you call when you got a kink in your swing and can't figure it out?
5: You know, honestly, Joe, I, I, um, I've never taken lessons. I've never – I don't really – to me, uh, my middle brother, a um, couple years older than me, uh, he's 43, but, you know, he knows where my he, – he, he knows where my swing is when I'm playing really, really well and i'm mm-hmm. still hitting the ball i haven't played much golf the last 10 12 years but i mean anybody who's taken lessons from me will tell you i mean when i pull a club out and try to try to demonstrate something i mean i still i still have everything going cuz i've 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 remained connected to my game for all these years i just haven't committed much time to it but i mean i'm still always thinking about my swing and stuff but uh i'm such a field player you know i'd say my my middle brother he He's good at being able to tell me if, like, if he saw that I did something that doesn't look like I normally do. If I take the golf up a little bit outside or wherever he goes, you know, it looks a little different than where you normally are. And that, you know, but you know, he doesn't have a, a, an eye for coaching, but he has an eye for where he's seen his little brother when he's playing at a, at the high at a high level. But um, you know, most of the time when I when I'm off, I can feel it. Uh, you know, I know where I'm supposed to be. I know I know where I tend to get. I know exactly where I'm at when I'm tight, when I'm tired. I mean, I've, I've taken inventory of all this stuff. I'm kind of a golf nerd about myself. But, um, you know, if anything, probably the best feedback that I've got is a mirror. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll, every, I'll if i got a cart windshield or a, or a window to look at where I can just kind of spot check myself, I mean, that's my best reference.
2: Sammy Hansen, School of Golf. This has been an enjoyable conversation. We have to do this again in 2021. Oh, How do people get a hold of you, Sammy?
5: Uh, they can reach, reach out to me either on Facebook, uh, on Sammy Hansen, or they can contact me via cell at 281-608-6366.
2: Sammy, it was a really pleasure having you on. I look forward to uh, meeting you in person. If you're ever down in the southwest part of town, give me a holler. And if I'm ever in your type of the woods, I will uh, bring my clubs and give you a challenge with my swing. You better
5: do it, buddy, because I'm going to be playing a lot of golf this, this next year. So get ready. I'll be ready for you.
3: Like
2: Sammy Hansen right here on the on the golf show uh, I'm Smokin' Joe I'm Mulligan
3: Matt I'm Bobby Beats
2: And coming up we're going to have Julie Pine From the USGA talking about the US Open at Champions Right here on Smokin' Joe's Driving Range On CBS Sports Radio 650 Welcome back Woo-hoo! Final couple of holes here on Smokin' Joe's Driving Range Yeah and, uh, this next guest, we've gotten to know her fairly well this year because of the U.S. Open being played up at Champions, and then the pandemic making it move from June to December. I don't know what we're going to do next year, man. I guess we still have her, <laughs> even though it's not a champion exactly. San Francisco. Please welcome from the exactly. United States Golf Association, Ms. Julia Pine. Good morning. Hi, hey, Julia. Good morning, guys. How are you? We're
3: so, uh, kind of awake. It's 642 where you're at, right?
6: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're still pulling some long days, uh, wrapping up the
2: Women's Open, but I think we're all in really good spirits. Well, a high five, standing ovation. I thought the U.S. Open at Champions was spectacular and what a finish
6: yeah it was unbelievable i mean the golf course really played exactly how we wanted it to rave reviews from the players just on cypress and jack rabbit obviously mother nature you know roared its teeth at one point but to have a birdie birdie finish to win a women's open by one i mean that's the kind of stuff
2: people dream of Uh, oh and on tv the golf course looked phenomenal
6: yeah i mean the broadcast in general was great i mean that much, you know, wall-to-wall coverage, even though it was listed at 25 and a half hours of live coverage. I mean, Golf Channel was there basically day and night um, with their Golf Central morning drive crews. So um, even though we couldn't welcome fans, I mean, the coverage was phenomenal. I feel like, spec, you know, who, those who would have spectated really got a full wall-to-wall view of the championship. And yeah, I mean, the golf course was great. I hope Jack and Robin are proud. I think they are.
2: Oh, I, 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 I can see their smiles. I think they are. Uh, how did you... What a crazy week. I mean, how many different type of outfits did you go through as far as the weather? I mean, it's like you had some gorgeous days and then you had a typical Houston winter day on Monday, Sunday and Monday. I mean, and Monday, those poor girls, I mean, they were like playing like four or five layers of clothes.
6: Yeah. I mean, I think at the beginning of the week, we were just so glad it wasn't what they had in Dallas because it was pretty cold there. And then um we were standing there in 75 degrees and sunny i actually think it got up to about 78 there um for the first two rounds so um you know, we thought we had caught, you know, kind of the right hole in the weather, but it's a U.S. Open. It's supposed to be tough. And, um, course, conditions and weather are part of what makes golf tough as an outdoor sport. Um, but, yeah, I think it was Lydia Ko who used the word an onion. You're peeling off layers like you're an onion at some point because um, you start the day with I think I had four or five on. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't, you know the beautiful sunny skies we had earlier in the week, but the golf was still really good. Uh, but yeah, personally, I like it a little warmer. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, a couple of things that came out of the tournament that I wanted to ask you about. There was some people in the PGA media, um, that were talking about the fact that you guys did not do lift clean in place. Uh, there's mud balls. Uh, yeah. what's your thoughts on that?
6: Yeah, I mean, as, at the USGA, we know that there's other kind of tools in our bag. Um, if you look at the yardages, we moved it up pretty significantly on Monday, and you saw Stacy Lewis's quote maybe on Saturday, which is they need to play the ball up or they need to change course setup, and we prefer to change course setup. For us, if the golf course isn't playable to play the ball down, then we won't play. And that's basically what you saw on Sunday. We want the course to shine. Um, You know, we had a hole there on Sunday for a couple hours with no rain, but the course conditions didn't, you know, deem it a U.S. Open course at that point. So we'd rather wait and and play later. We know other people do it differently, but that's just part of the DNA of the USGA is kind of play by the rules. No,
2: we had earlier, we had Steve Elkington on and his. his comments about the play of golf, is he, he, he's totally part of the game now. And, you know, that's a, the question I was going to ask you. What does the USGH role, how do you handle something as tragic as what Amy Olson? you know, she leaves the golf course on Saturday to get a phone call that night that her father-in-law had tragically passed away. What, what role do you guys play in that? I mean, are you a shoulder to cry on? Are you, I mean, how, what do you do?
6: Yeah. I mean, it was absolutely horrible. Um, You know, we had heard what had happened and, you know, we're mid-competition and um, she's basically, you know, right there in contention. For us, you know, we really relied on the LPGA there. They know her week in and week out. Um, and the the main thing was really just, you know, keeping media at an arm's length if that's what she wanted. So we were just basically in touch with her in terms of whether she wanted the news public or not. Um, And she obviously did um, starting Sunday night, but just a horrible thing to happen at any point, um, especially when you're in contention at a US Open. But um, we're really glad she got to go home. She's not playing this week, spend some time with her husband and her family. um, And obviously, we wish her all the best. She's, she's, USJ champion she won the girls junior so she's always you know going to be part of our USJ family.
2: Yeah, she's a great. So uh, so now I'm you delighted. turn everything to the West Coast, you're up in San Francisco next year. Uh you're going to take a couple of weeks off. Uh can we continue to have you as the pipeline of communication about the Ladies US Open and all the of other course. tournaments
6: do? Yeah, no, we we love talking to you guys and we really love your support of the Women's Open and Women's Golf. I mean, Olympic club's a phenomenal venue. So the fact that we get to turn the page and go there, I think somebody told me it's something like 170 days away, which um, scared me a bit. But at the same time, we get to kind of carry the momentum. I mean, this Women Worth Watching thing we have going on feels different. You know, we got a lot of love from even PGA Tour players this week. So in some ways, this condensed window might help. Um, People won't stop paying attention or won't forget about us and they can turn into another women's open at a venue they're really really familiar with in just about five and a half months
3: (laughs) hey julia uh you're taking a couple weeks off will you play golf
6: Uh, maybe if it's a warm golf course at this point but uh (laughs) no i mean it's going to be nice to take a few weeks off um it's kind of nuts that we're already here at the holidays it's kind of snuck up on us since we were head down looking at the women's open but um, one nice thing today, I'm going to kick back and watch the CME Tour Championship LPGA season closing event. Um, I hope some of the momentum from what we did last week carries into that for them at the LPGA because um, this is their second biggest purse on tour. So it's a it's a big deal even mm-hmm. starting today. Um, so more women's golf for those who want
2: it. Did, uh, I know that uh, there's there's no guarantees or anything like that, but did the performance of champions golf course Is that a good resume for them as far as future USGA events?
6: Yeah, I think so. And, I mean, to be honest, even probably before, I mean, the relationship that we have with Robin and Jack and Champions Golf Club – I think we'd always consider hosting more championships there. I mean, what they did in 2017, um, hosting the women's Mid-Am after it was displaced because of a hurricane, that's a hero- you know, a Herculean effort. Like, that's not easy to put together a championship in a month. Um, so not only Jack and Robin, but their whole membership has just been so giving of the USGA. And again, like I said, I hope they're proud, and I'm sure we'll have future continued conversations with them.
3: Hey, Julia, I know um, Stacey Lewis dropped out of contention there. Uh, as the uh, tournament got got later in the tournament but i know as an unofficial host she kept talking about she just wanted she said i love having the girls here you know i want i want everything great for the girls how big of a uh, help was she playing hostess there
6: yeah i mean she was great i mean she's such an advocate for the city of houston in general um i wish you know In a non-pandemic world, some of the girls, as she said, could have seen more of Houston, Um, but I think that she is right. You know, Houston's a great place for women's golf, and it showed that um, even when we were recruiting volunteers and when we, at one point, we were selling tickets, so I'm sure she would love more events to come there as well. Also definitely have to give a shout out to Angela Stanford, who is great for us as well. I know she's not from Houston, more from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but she was such an advocate all year. I know a lot of the younger players talked to both Stacy and Angela about what it would be like, you know, what the course would play like that type of year, um, and a little bit about, you know, insight into the courses. So a shout out to both of those veterans um, who really were tremendous for us.
3: Julia, how about the amateurs? <laughs> the amateur players? did so well in this event uh, that you've got to be excited about the future of women's golf.
6: Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, Caitlin Papp, um, you know, a lot of people thought she had a good first round and might kind of fade, not being in those big situations before. But she played just phenomenally all week. I mean, to finish in the top 10 as an amateur is a really big deal. She earned herself a spot at Olympic, which is um you know pretty nice thing for an amateur right uh, and then you look at someone like gabby ruffles who for us is a women's amateur champ so we know her well she now has two top 20s in majors this year she did it at the ANA and she did it here so the future of women's golf is bright and i think it's really nice that some fans started to get to know their names this week because when they are professional um you know they're gonna have a leg up in terms of marketing themselves and and garnering some attention
2: Julia Pine, you have been a diamond in the rough during this crazy 2020. Thank you for being a line of communication with the USGA and the US Open at the Champions. Thank you so much. It's been great.
6: Thank you guys. I'm gonna miss it. Uh we're gonna
2: keep we're gonna keep pestering you. In fact, <laughs> I think I think Mulligan and I are gonna see if we can arrange our travel schedules to be in San Francisco when you have Media Day. Oh, no, that'd should be awesome. do <laughs> <laughs> Julia, go off on a great holiday season. And you know what? You have our permission to kick twenty twenty in the ass as he goes out the door on New Year's Eve. We will do just that. <laughs> there you go, Julia Pye from the United States Golf Association. Been with us all year. to the great US Open. Oh yeah. And uh, we've wrapped up eighteen holes, and we're we're looking good here, guys.
3: Sounds good. Sounds great. Great to hear Julia, and and uh, she was hearing the feedback that we had heard also from champions, and uh, we love hearing that. We love the USGA. Loving a course here in Houston, a traditional course like the Champions. Hopefully some events. We'll get back here.
2: Well, everybody, go out. Have a great weekend. Be safe, be good, and uh, be merry as we get the calendar yeah. to Christmas. I'll see I you know, on, and Joe.
3: Hey, uh, I, I don't know if uh, this has been settled yet or not. Probably hasn't. But uh, hopefully, if you don't have direct TV or whatever, you, I'll see you on Channel 11. Those of you who don't, watch us with your rabbit ears. Has that <laughs> not been mad. decided yet? I don't think so well i still get complaints almost daily
2: (laughs) well you don't get any complaints from me because i got xfinity yep me too yep there you go bobby beats go out have a great weekend
5: you guys too you guys as well
2: (laughs) all righty thank you everybody for tuning in be safe out there this is smoking joe's driving range right here on cbs sports radio 650 For listening to Smoke and Joe's Driving Range, presented by PGA Tour Superstore. Check out Joe'sDrivingRange.com for more from the show and enjoy your day on the course. From Houston's sports leader, Sports Radio 610.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.